comes the sun Here comes the sun I say it's all right Hello Hello and welcome to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5, where every Monday at 11, we bring you a conversation with local experts on sustainable issues. Today, we are talking with Kelly Rabo of Blue House Florals, who among her many talents grows her bouquets organically on her home property. So beautiful. Your hosts today are myself, Kenny Coogan, and Annie Ellis. Yay! And we also have uh, Greg working the boards. And Irene answering your calls. Yes, sir. Stay tuned as we promote a balance of people, profit, and planet. So, Annie. What did you do this weekend, Kenny? This past weekend. I'm going to talk about mine, too. Yes. I went to the (laughs) Saracenia chapter of the Florida Native Plant Society. And Saracenia is a type of carnivorous plant. Oh. This is in Tallahassee. So I is did that a, is that the pictures? Are those the pictures that you sent me? It is not. Oh, okay. So I went there. I did my presentation for the first time ever. I sold out of <gasps> everything I oh, brought. Oh, congratulations, Kenny! That's wonderful. Yes. Did you type? Did you bring a ton yes, as well? I, yes, I did. Wow! Because their chapter is named after a carnivorous yeah. plant. And they usually have 45 people, and I think they had about 75 people. Wow, they really promoted it. Yeah. Very nice. So that was on Tuesday. Then Wednesday, Thursday, I went over to Georgia. Yeah, that's the ones I saw. And I went to the Okefenokee Swamp. But next to the swamp could be your retirement home. (laughs) That's going to be in Virginia. (laughs) Well, I went to this this farm. In 45 to 60 days from now, they're going to start building cabins. Oh. It's 705 acres. And I wonder if I've read about this. It's a brand new development. It's, okay. It's been there for, the people have owned the land for 17 years. Two years ago, they installed 90 acres of olive trees, 90 oh, wow. acres of fig trees, blue like 20,000 blueberries and blackberries. And, okay, so the reason why you might want to retire there, or listeners may want to, maybe not even retired, just moved there. Yeah, it's 705 that's... acres. You buy your cabin. You own the cabin, you can sell the cabin, you can also do your own timeshare. But, you know, there's HOAs, well, Mm -hmm. they have a FOA. Which is? The Farmers Owners Association. So everyone has to pay a monthly fee, and you get as many unlimited catfish, chicken eggs, and fruits and vegetables as you want. Well, as it's available, too. You have to think about that. Well, it's 700 acres, so everybody's promised one cup of blueberries a day, 365 days. One cup of blackberries a day, 365 days. Wow. And then they're installing whatever three times 365 is, five by 10-foot vegetable beds. That's amazing. And then they have uh, maybe... Five, seven. We need to get pounds. those. We need to get those guys on the air. Oh, I know. You already talked to them. Yeah, I, I hung out with them for two days. Wow, that's a, that sounds fantastic. That's what I've been one, wanting to be involved in, and wanting the world to be involved in forever. I mean, you know, and it's like when I started looking around for tiny house situations, yeah. that wasn't available. Exactly. I mean, that's just, but now this is good, good news. Yeah, the two people who fruition. own it, one of them is a conservation developer. Mm-hmm. So he's like, when you think of a de- developer, you're thinking about these right. horrible people. Like who are just, a doubt exactly. and start over. Yeah. So he says he's conservation and 
obviously, if we have them on the show, we'll talk about that because of yeah. the like the house positions. Oh yeah. Instead of cl- you, you need to cluster them rather than put them on a grid because that's how you utilize the resources. Right, and, and you have more growing space too. Yeah, and then you don't want to take it all up with housing. And then the other guy... Nobody he, really needs a yard that He much owns the most uh, acreage privately in the U.S. Wow. He owns 625,000 acres oh of land in Wyoming. So he's going to be doing this in all these different places. He's just doing it here, but he's planted... Probably a test. He's planted 20 million trees in, oh, in his Wyoming. Oh, I love this human being. Yes. See, one person can do so much. That's exactly That's, right. It is amazing. Everybody always thinks they can't do with what they have. I mean, that's what we're going to talk about because you do yours in your yard, Callie. Oh, Callie's live in the studio looking all pretty in her little rainbow dress. So, but I want to tell y'all, I went up to, uh, you know, Tanya Vadovich, who used to host this show before Kenny and I got on. Kenny used to host it with her. And then uh, then I was chosen as a replacement. And um, I went up and stayed on their property in uh, Floyd, Virginia. And they have 230 acres, which to me is a lot of acres. But it was amazing. It was amazing. And they're actually creating a compound. I mean, really, they are. I stayed in a little separate house that their daughter bought, who's 11, (laughs) with her earnings from painting watercolors. I know she didn't pay the whole amount, though, because I found out how much it was. Uh, But that, she says, oh, yeah, she bought it. I'm like, well, okay. But it was wonderful. I stayed in this little cabin. There was no electricity, but I did a little solar lights for me at night. And uh, and then, you know, the there's an outhouse and I don't have a problem with that. And uh, then they had, they, but they're fancy. They're fancy off grid. They have, they have uh, refrigerator, stove, hot water heater, big giant copper bathtub. I mean, it's gorgeous. And, uh, you know, they're getting a washer and a dryer and, you know, so they're, they're at ba- a toilet. I mean, they, they have everything. So it's doable. And so they're building another house for other people that they know. And then I'm going to build a house too. I have decided not only am I going to have that camper up there, which I can move to different places. Uh, I'm going to, yeah, I move away cause I'm excited. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I, uh, am going to build a little house too and then i'm i think i'm probably gonna make a greenhouse i mean it's not that big of a deal but i gotta tell you y'all when i was driving up there it's a long windy tiny road and you're you're driving up there and thank gosh i have a truck you know because uh, i don't know what other people would do but i and i'm also used to being off-road a little bit but i was going oh there's like signs all over the place posted no trespassing and i'm thinking i'm gonna get to the end of one of these roads somebody's gonna have a gun and shoot me (laughs) nobody's ever gonna see me again but that of course that did not happen and floyd virginia just by the by is uh was started uh set about 1970s, uh, people came up there, alternative folks, and so they have created this really lovely interactive with locals and people that think the way I think, you know, so it's beautiful. And I was there, I was a workaholic, I was like up there, I got five truckloads of mulch from the local lumberyard, and and uh, we got a big load of, uh, of chicken, uh, not chicken, uh, uh goat uh, bedding, which I got to feed baby goats, which was amazing. And then also a giant pile of dirt. I mean, I was just shoveling like a mad woman. But I got there and it didn't look so pretty. 
You know what I mean? And I'm like, because they just really moved there to be there all the time. And I was like, oh, this hurts my feelings here. So I got I have to do something. And so I, I did that and we just really got going. We got a lot of stuff. She has like over 300 trees planted already. And so she planted a lot of stuff. I brought a whole truckload of stuff to uh, all the local uh, Florida greens, all the, the uh, you know, our mm-hmm. native stuff. And so it was great. We had a wonderful, wonderful time. And it, 10 days passed by like nothing. I mean, I was like, wow, I felt like I just got here. And they felt the same way, which is good. <laughs> so I didn't smell like stinky fish, you know, after three days. <laughs> I think that's important, having your own little house. Yes. So, so I guess that's enough out of us, huh? So uh, I'd love to introduce Callie, and it sounds like rainbow and rabbit. So rabbo, I got it. And uh, so it's uh, Callie Rabbo is a serial entrepreneur, which she really is. She's an artist and a teacher, and she has uh, Blue House Florals. Uh, She uses 100% locally grown flowers uh, for her arrangements. And uh, she was frustrated by the narrow definition of cut flowers. So she encourages her customers to ponder what is beautiful and what is valued. She grows traditional cut flower favorites as well as incorporating native and Florida-friendly flowers as well, all done in a zero waste, totally organic way in Tampa Heights. She says, we're not just growing a garden. We're creating a robust ecosystem. And I got to say, I went over there and it's stunning. It's just like thank a, you. it's like being in a mono, uh, um, um, Monet. Monet. Thank you for the accent, <laughs> since I have one. Uh, <laughs> a Monet uh, garden. I mean, it's just stunning, and it is. It's a blue house, so it's a blue house florals, and so I'm just thrilled that you're here, and I'm just delighted to meet you. I met her at uh, the Tampa Heights Community Garden mm-hmm. at the promotion of the opening of the big uh, platform with the roof and everything, and she did all the flowers. I went, oh my gosh, who did these flowers? It, they're so beautiful Thank because you. they're unique. They're not like any old silly thing that you would just get, you know. So welcome to the place. Thanks, y'all. <laughs> we are so happy. happy here. Yeah, we are happy you're here. And, you know, we, you gave me a lot of information, and then I just started thinking, and so I got a lot of questions for you. Good. You started thinking, that's dangerous. <laughs> and so this is, I think, really important. Uh, it says, what are three things people can implement this week to be more sustainable? Oh, Wow. Okay. Right to the action items. Yeah, buddy. Let's get in. Well, I mean, you know that I grow cut flowers, yes. but I started out composting. I used I to have know. a compost business, Suncoast yes. Compost, um, which we sold last year. What was the name of it? Suncoast Compost. Yes. And so it was a curbside composting company serving Tampa Bay and it's still going and it's sixth year. Um, but so, I would say the most important thing is to compost. That's something so easy. Everybody can do. And if we're talking about, you know, growing anything, especially cut flowers, investing in the soil is, that's the best thing you could do. So that'd be my first thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, second thing is to have fun 
with yeah. it, you know, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, if you're not loving it, um, obviously you two have so much for love for the things that you do. Um, you're not going to keep wanting to do it. So you mm-hmm. got to find your own little niche, your own little song in your heart for what's driving you. So uh, I'd say the second thing is to really uh, have some joy and fun with it. Mm, all right. And the, the third thing I would say is, gosh, I know this sounds a little far off, but I would say like meet your neighbors and do it like don't do it alone. Um, so one of the things with my garden, so I'm in Tampa Heights, I'm really close to downtown Tampa, but um, our lot's about 8,000 square feet and everything that's not our house, I'm growing on. And so we're outside all the time. And I've met so many wonderful neighbors who come out just yesterday. They were helping me plant things. And I mean, you can go far alone, right? But you can go really far with your neighbors and with your friends and with your loved ones. And I, I mean, that's what this whole radio station is about, right? It really is. So... There you go. I'm done, right? That's it. <laughs> That's enough. I mean, you know, uh, it's interesting that you said that you're, you let, you, you let, I say that too, uh, your neighbors uh, plant some of the plants with you. So they're learning how to plant. Yeah, which is a little hidden agenda. That's fantastic. So e- even if they didn't know I me, mean, you can come back and correct it, you know, but still, <laughs> I mean, you know, as a planter, you know I know this better, right? <laughs> and so, uh, but you know, th- that they're out there doing it and you're, you're in a teaching mode at the same time. Always. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you do that too. Don't you have uh, times that people can come over yeah. and do uh, different get togethers and teach? I do. What is that? Yeah. So I have a private build your own bouquet and garden tour. It's a minimum of two people, but you come over, we have some tea from the garden on the front porch. And then I give you a bucket and scissors and we go around together and I show you what's ripe and how to pick it. Um, And then we come back on the front porch and we, I give you some basic floral design um, principles to work off of, but it's really process over product. And then you each walk away with your own vase of blooms that you just harvested and arranged yourself. And not only that, you feel so good after you've been there. Mm. You know what I mean? You take that away with you. Were you going to say something, Kenny? I'm sorry. Well, let's talk about your property and are you growing only quote, only flowers? Are you growing like herbs or vegetables? Yeah, great question. So when we started, um, I didn't know I wanted to do cut flowers. Uh, My husband um, has been growing all kinds of veggies and he's a biologist. He uh, is the sustainability coordinator at HCC. Um, So yeah, we had a bunch of veggies going on and then and then I took everything over. <laughs> so wherever flowers uh, die or don't take off, wherever there's a blank space, he slips the veggies in. So. Can you put like an eggplant in a bouquet? I put uh, a branch of tomatoes That's and it's right. stunning. You know, yes. I mean, yeah. No, absolutely. I've put in our, you've been putting mulberries in recently. Oh, pretty. And yeah, we got a lot of, you know, foliage and ferns mm-hmm. and fruit trees going on. So uh, it is the end of April. What flowers look good right now? Gosh, it's a really nice time. Everything is, right? Um, So right now I'm doing a lot of conventional cut flowers. Like I do also 
um, incorporate natives and Florida friendlies. But if we're kind of talking about the more conventional cut flowers that people think of that florists provide, um, the Lysianthus, which is kind of like a rose looking flower, are all blowing up beautifully. And how many plants, just for that one, like for an example, how many individual plants do you have or do you have one? Oh, are you mm, kidding? Big, oh my gosh. That's a great <laughs> question. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's probably about three to 4,000 square feet. Um, of so, just that one type. Oh, of oh. just that one type. Yeah. Uh, probably about 400. 400 individuals. Mm-hmm. But she'll put them in different places too. It doesn't like, it's not, she says it's rose, but it doesn't look like rose at all to me. It's, it's clumps. But then there'll be not all of them in one clump. You know, there might be some on down in another section. So we have about, I mean, it is kind of like a grid system for our thinking. So it's like I have nine rows and then the fence posts kind of give me the, okay, that's ABC. So I'm like, okay, row 3D is about done. (laughs) So I got to have, and you know, I'm growing things from seed. So it takes three to five months to go from seed to the blooms. Um, so that's kind of how we're keeping track of what's She does up. soil blocks too. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go back to what are some other nice flowers right oh, now? Oh, what's yeah. blooming? <laughs> okay. I just wanted to know like Yeah, what's blooming? Do, do you have one of do you have a thousand different things and one of everything yes. or do you have Really, you know, multiples of things. I'm big on diversifying so far. So this is my third season, and that's my current strategy. Just because I'm, I am honestly still learning a lot sure. of timing and all that. So yeah, I probably have about thirty at least <laughs> varieties coming up right now. Um, sunflowers, and they're gorgeous. Cosmos are, yeah, um, but. Right now I'm planting the things that are going to take the heat. Yes. Um, so I'm doing marigolds and planting zinnias, of course, and cosmos and basil, and, you know, herbs, um, sunflowers. You can grow sunflowers all year, really. Yeah. Of course, if you get some hard freezes, um, you want to maybe. How do you keep the uh, squirrels from uh tearing up your sunflowers. You know, that's not really a problem for us. I honestly think it's because of the feral cats that we have Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I need a few feral cats, I guess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) The benefits. Yeah, well, it's not good, but, you know. I don't don't know the cultivar name, but uh, my friend had this probably three foot by three foot. Jessica, if you're listening, Cullen. (laughs) She has this three foot by three foot basil but the flower is kind of like a coxcomb red. Oh, the cardinal basil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's fantastic. And she had like huge clumps of the flowers of that. that was, I've never mm-hmm. seen that yeah, red that was, flower. Wow, that's well, amazing. It, cardinal. It's that's, that's like a purple. Yeah, like a dark, it's more red purple. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. On the red blue well, part. It is yeah. called cardinal. So mm-hmm. yeah, and wow. there's also a Siam queen that's kind of a smaller Annie. version of that. Well, Oh, yeah, that's, wow, that does look like, a, like a hydrangea. Wow, look at it. It makes a huge clump. So if you don't want to like give a, up space on uh, like just flowers, amaranth. you could be growing pretty ornamental. It looks like amaranth. It looks like amaranth, doesn't it? Yeah. It really does. Um, so, you know, that is interesting that you say that because I think that that's what's part of the coolness about your bouquets is that there's herbs in there too. Yeah. You know, there'll be like grasses, there's herbs, there's, you know, just things that you don't think of. And then also I do know, uh, but I want you to share with everybody how you put that together with your, you know, like you don't use foam and such. 
Yeah, so um, I do uh, zero waste floristry. So yes. I'm doing the same thing all florists are doing. I'm doing weddings and, you know, deliveries for special occasions and sympathy, but I'm not using things like floral foam, which is that like green plastic carcinogenic thing that the florists stick the stems into. Forever. Um, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't ever go away. Um, so there's alternatives. There's some like spun rock wool that you can use. There's um, all kinds of cool twine and twigs. Like there's some Ikebana um, inspiration to use there. So I'm really designing with the end in mind. I'm thinking about, okay, I want to be able to compost this all at the end. So I'm not putting wires or tape in there. And so, yeah, it totally does inform how my designs look. They don't look like your conventional florists. And um, I've been so delighted that that's why people like me. Right. <laughs> so, um, I really appreciate that, you know, there's a uh, space for this and that it's something people are interested in. It's, it's also interesting to me because you are introducing a separate way of thinking. Like when you were t- saying those three things, I'm thinking, really, one of the things that you're doing is you're just having people think before they act. So when you're doing this, they can observe that and see that there's an alternative way to doing the same old thing that they've been doing forever that isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so because of your composting background, I mean, you know, if you don't have good soil, you don't have anything. That's Mm -hmm. bottom line. And so when anybody always says, what do you do? You know, how, what do I plant? I said, work on your soil in the mm. summer, you know, it's mm-hmm. just the thing. But but anyway, I just wanted to say that uh, because I think that's what, for me, from you, is that you made my brain think in a different way mm. of looking at it, uh, you know, completely differently because, you know, tape, a plastic, uh, all these different things, uh, just, it's not gonna, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work for the long run. So I need to introduce ourselves. Uh, I am Annie Ellis, and you're listening to the Sustainable Living Show on WMNF Tampa 88.5. Today's guest is Kelly Rab- Rabbo. 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 <laughs> Kelly Rabbo. I should have written that out. Uh, Blue House Florals, or who, among other talents, grows her bouquets organically on her home property. If you want to be part of the conversation, we'd love for you to call in at 813 813- Two three nine nine six six three, or text us at eight one three four three three zero eight eight five, or send us an email at dj at wmnf dot org, and we will read it on the air. So, Kaylee, can you tell us why buying flowers the traditional way? Why are we saying that's not really a sustainable practice? So, most of the cut flowers in the U.S. are flown in from overseas, um, about 80%. Um, of course, you know, flying and carbon footprint from that. Um, most of them come from Ecuador and Colombia. And, you know, there's certainly a time for that. Like I eat berries out of season sometimes. I do. I do <laughs> but um, you're actually going to get a better quality flower when you buy it locally because it has been in water. It hasn't been smushed in cardboard boxes. A lot of times the flowers are, you know, uh, dipped in things to try and keep them hydrated. There's uh, lots of pesticides concerns and labor concerns. So there's really this renaissance across the U.S. of locally grown flowers. So I'm just a part of that. 
I want to just mention that, you know, I eat a lot of edible flowers because mm. I know I grow them. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just go out in the yard and pick flowers that I know what they are and, you know, and, and they're beautiful on a plate. Uh, and so with yours, you could actually do that if it is an edible type flower. You could actually take that and put it on a plate. Yeah, I'm actually going to be at the Museum of Fine Arts in um, St. Pete on Saturday at the Cafe Clementine and she has beautiful baked goods and so we're going to be putting, having some flowers there. Oh, how lovely. Now, where is that again so we can get that in? Um, The Museum in St. Pete. Is that called the Museum of Fine Arts? I think that's what it's called. (laughs) Is it? Okay. Yeah. And Clementine? Yeah, Clementine Cafe. That's a store. I love that that name, Clementine. So <laughs> yeah. sweet. Also have like a build your own bouquet experience. That's there. wonderful. Well, I'll have the address and the time and the location oh, on our uh, our blog at the end. So, Kelly, we're we're saying that we should get locally sourced flowers, organic flowers, flowers that don't have all those carbon footprint miles. Um, so what do you say to people who don't want you to be cutting flowers down? <laughs> are, are there people who are like, well, we should just have the flowers in the ground for the butterflies. Also, well, this, this, um, there's a million at th- our house. This farm <laughs> that I went to in Georgia, they had 3,000 monarch butterflies in a 10 foot by 10 foot square foot area oh because they migrate through there in the oh, fall. Wow. So they all like stopped down their property. Oh. All right, go ahead, Kaylee. But <laughs> 3,000 monarchs is amazing. I bet. That's pretty showy. <laughs> so if you had, if people come to you or even say to you, mm-hmm. uh, is cut, don't cut flowers a waste? I mean, shouldn't we not be doing this? Or what do you say? Yeah, interesting. We would get that question from the WMNF crowd. <laughs> Never heard Not it before. Not for me, because I love now. flowers. <laughs> no, I understand that. Um, yeah, to Annie's point, um, yeah, at my house, there are so many um, pollinators and butterflies all around. So I really am creating that habitat. Um, but I think flowers are really a elemental, um, primal important part of human identity and celebrations, um, there's really nothing, not very much that I've found that can really cut to the emotions, to the message that a lot of people try and um, give to people that they love. And so, you know, it might not be everyone's way of giving, but I've seen over and over just the way that flowers connect us so deeply. So, um Yeah, I'm really honored to be doing this line of work. It's so lifting. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I mean, somebody gives you flowers. I mean, just the thought of it makes me tear up. (laughs) I I just love flowers so much. (laughs) Kaylee, can you talk about how you view sustainability and the art of floral design and how they intersect or if they intersect for you? Gosh, for sure. Um, Yeah, it's, I think florists... Um, are really um, wanting to be doing better by the planet that gives them their line of work, right? It's um, it's so imperative. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're, they're hand in hand for me. Um, and yeah, I get lots of questions uh, from other florists who want to learn, you know, what little bit they can do um, and, you know, attend my gardening workshops because they want to incorporate That's nice. uh, fresh flowers in their arrangements. 
So you're getting uh, professionals that are coming to your mm -hmm. courses. I, yeah. That's very encouraging. Yeah, I really want to do more of it. I'm really happy to be able to bring this knowledge because so much about growing cut flowers and, you know, anything really is oftentimes based on, uh, you know, the climate up north and mm -hmm. Florida gets a little bit, well, we'll that's just figure it different. out. So I'm yeah. figuring it out and others around Florida are figuring it out. So I'm happy to share that knowledge. Uh, I wanted to throw something in there, you know, like when it's about being sustainable and people are talking about wasting by cutting flowers. Uh, if you put them in your compost, there's no waste. So I always yeah. put every flower that I've cut, you know, that has died in the vase goes in the compost. That's so right. That. Yeah. And I also dry a lot of flowers. Oh, yeah. So I can use those, you know, for wreaths and installations oh, yeah. for weddings. and. Yeah. So, Kaylee, you have a phone call from Mandy and Mandy wants to talk about maybe if you can use fennel. Hello, Mandy. Hey, Mandy. Hi, Hi there. Welcome to the show. What you got going on? Oh, just hanging in there. What dealing you? with the uh, baby hummingbirds and baby turtles oh. and mm. baby bunting and baby crestlers and oh how baby lovely mm. and wrens. That's wonderful. Well, do you have a question for Callie or uh, a comment? I was wondering many moons ago I took floors in uh, college and we had a competition that you had to do an arrangement. An uh, original arrangement, and you could use any type of flowers. So I mixed in floral and what was in my garden, but I also used some for my herbs. And I, at the time, it was a summer course, so it was near Fourth of July. So I happened to have some bronze fennel and regular fennel, and I let some go to seed. So I made that into the arrangement, so it looked like I had sparklers for Fourth of July. Oh, how beautiful! Yeah, the fennels, my bronze fennel is blooming right now as well, and yeah, I love that and color. It's incredible. Can do that with some of the alliums too. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing I was going to say is, please tell everybody to conserve their water. And if yes. they have dish soap, they can throw it on their compost bin or put it on their plants. Well, I dis disagree. I'm sorry to say. Uh, dish soap, any kind of like if it's a detergent soap like Dawn, it strips the natural waxy coating that protects the plant uh, I, from... I use a natural organic that's the difference. I don't use any of those. So you use uh, something like Dr. Bonner's or something like that? Yeah, I use the old-fashioned natural. <laughs> okay. Not, well, not I just wanted to make sure because a lot of people think that you use Dawn dish soap to keep bugs off uh, with water and dish soap, and it is not mm -hmm. a good practice at all. So, but uh, anything else you want to make? A, any comments or questions for Callie? Um, just something for your... Uh, summer to chill when you're doing your tea break um you could actually do some a pitcher of ice water and put some fresh cut lemon in it about 14 leaves of fresh mint and put about a teaspoon of uh, ground ginger in it and mix it all up with some ice and it's nice and refreshing and rehydrating during the summer that sounds lovely sounds pretty too Thank you, Mandy, for calling in. Appreciate you. So, uh, Kelly, you have a couple of emails. One is from David, and he says, I love butterfly gardens. I saw a house in Seminole Heights yesterday that was teeming with them. I highly recommend visiting the butterfly garden in Gainesville. Such an incredible experience. I think it should be sponsored by the folks who make I Can't Believe It's Not Butterfly. 
<laughs> when I think of cut flowers, I think of the sad movie Maria Full of Grace. Oh, I have don't you ever know. heard of that? I don't no. remember that movie. From 2004. Okay. All right, Kelly, you have another email from Robin. Love your show. I tell people to tune in all the time. Thank you. The best thing I did was to pull out all of my grass in the backyard space and put down stones, plants, flowers. I love my chaya tree, which I grew from a small cutting, bird baths, and a bird feeder. I never thought a cardinal family would make such make my space theirs. So in love with all the creatures that visit, the blooms on my chaya tree attract so many different bugs, butterflies, and moths. The positive side effects of making a beautiful green space is vast. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Kelly, let's say we're walking around our backyards. We see 10 different things flowering, and we cut them. How do you go in at that vase? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You just throw it all in or... First, you you bring a bucket of water. You don't just go back there and cut. You bring a bucket of water. So then now roll. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that's ideal. And especially as it's warming up so much outside, if you can bring a cold bucket of water, yeah. it's even better. You want to harvest in the morning, early in the morning, or at the evening time. That okay. way, the flowers are the least stressed out, and they're going to last the longest for you. Um. So yeah, you're going to cut those. I would take off those leaves um, from the bottom while you're out there. I just cut and I just chop and drop, I call it. And those leaves just stay right there on the ground and they're going to break down into the soil there. That way, when I come inside, my stems are already processed, you might oh, say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it saves me a little time. Yeah. yeah. You can do this with your fingers or with scissors? Removing Usually the- you can hold a stem in one hand and then use your other hand to pull down those leaves. It just depends on the plant. Sometimes you do need to use scissors. You really want sharp scissors, um, so be careful. Yeah. Um, do you cut the stem on an angle or... I usually save the angle cut, which you do want to do when floor, flower arranging, um, to when I'm inside and designing. Um, yeah, you want to do the angle so the stem doesn't sit on the bottom of the vase. That way it can suck up, oh. stay hydrated, and it, it makes it a little uh, less likely to get gunky. Um, That's brilliant. Yeah. I always thought that was just to give more space for, for pulling up the water, but that makes so much sense so it doesn't yeah. get lay flat on the bottom. Do you lay out all the flowers or do you start? So for my like zero waste garden style, I always tell people to start out by creating a nest of foliage um, that kind of acts as like a grid for all the rest of the stems that I put in. And when you're making that what I call nest, you want that to kind of be able to sit on its own as a design. So Mm -hmm. really enjoy playing with the, you know, balance and different heights there. And then after I've created that sort of nest, then I add in my focus flowers, um, supporting flowers, what we call line flowers or spikes. And then finally, at the very end, you put your sort of textural elements, the things that are more delicate that make you want to reach out and touch those flowers. Uh, Pet it. Yeah. (laughs) From a a business perspective, do you have people booking like six months in advance, a year in advance? So from a business perspective, sometimes I do, but then also sometimes they're like, oh, what do you got going on next mm-hmm. week? So uh, yeah. Do you... Weddings, I would think. Yeah. So I'm advance. thinking about a wedding yeah. too. If you have a wedding yeah. six, six months from now, can you promise them, oh, I'll have five different types of flowers that are blue? Or do you say, oh, just... 
we're so organic, you're going to get what you get. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be happy to yes. get it. <laughs> yeah, well, luckily, uh, you know, the people that are attracted to what I'm doing do want to yeah. prioritize that. So it's a balance between finding out what's really important to them and you try and keep a more overall look. You know, what are the, are we going for neutral? Are we going for bright? But, you know, I have a bride in a couple weeks who tulips were very important to her. Right. They're not growing now, but I'm going to go ahead and get them from the wholesaler and, you know, stick them in a few things. So it's a balance. They were all up in Virginia. There was a particular woman that grew on the mountain up high. She's Mm -hmm. 3,000 feet up. And so she could grow tulips like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. And I I met her and she got, she, I'm I'm like, I can't, I don't have any place to put flowers. I mean, I'm just, you know, there. And she offered me a, a little pale tulip and I wore it in my shirt. It was, and it lasted for almost a, a whole week. Wow. Yeah. Even though I'd been in my shirt, I put it in uh, some water. Wow. I couldn't believe it. So Kelly, the difference between your flowers or locally sourced flowers compared to flowers that are being shipped, how long, I'm sure it depends on the species, but how long yeah. can a flower last and how do you take care of it once you get your vase and water and flowers? Yeah. So if you have, you know, same flower to same flower, um, you're locally grown, of course, are going to last longer because they've been cut later and they haven't been stressed out from transporting. Um, so my goal is that my flowers last at least three days, but, you know, often they'll last a week or even uh-huh. two weeks, just depending upon the species. The bouquet you made me lasted a week. Oh, good. And are, yeah. we, are we feeding them sugar? Are we putting them... Sprite in the vase, <laughs> are we... Just clean water. So you just change out the water every couple of days. Okay. You That's can what trim the ends like okay. a half inch or so every couple of days too, if you'd like. Um, and keeping it out of direct sunlight, those are going to be the ways to extend. And then you could, ones that are fading, you could just take those exactly. out and then clean up the rest and, and keep that rolling. You could even add one That's from right. your yard, right? Yeah. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that. All right, Kelly, you got some more text messages and a phone call. So first we'll take Jim in Tampa. Hi, Jim. Hi, Jim. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hi. How are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. Good. Wanted to ask the person who said they have a bunch of hummingbirds. Oh yeah, to get she, some tips on what we can do to attract hummingbirds to our backyard. Go ahead, Kelly. First, do you, you have some ideas on that. Goodness, I would like to know that too. I only my fire bushes. Yeah, my they love hummingbird that. attractor right now. Any red tubular uh, flower is their favorite. So red tubular flowers is their favorite. And also, I just gotta say, you know, you never want to use chemicals in your garden mm-hmm. because you'll detract uh, everything. People, um, people. <laughs> I'm calling animals people now. Uh, uh, insects and birds and all that sort of thing will not flock to your garden if you. To use that, Annie. What are some types? Like, what are some specific plants that you've seen hummingbirds on? Well, I just—I mean, there's a zillion red tubular flowers. That's what you just go look up. Coral bean. Coral that, bean. You know the native one. Yeah, that's like a. Beautiful. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. But there's, you know, you just uh, Google. Use Google your friend and just red tubular flowers, Florida. That's what I would put in. Oh, okay. Kelly's going to go ahead and do it. <laughs> but um, and, uh, that would work. And a, and a chemical-free garden. Okay. Jim, what kind of property do you have? Do you, are you surrounded by buildings or you have... N- we have a small backyard. 
Okay. Uh, we're in a residential area. Uh, well, that's, you know, if you, you flowers, can still get them. <laughs> you can, you totally can. But uh, generally, you're going to need a little more sun for more flowers. So wherever you have the sunniest area would be the best. Okay. And then, again, no, sp- no spraying. If you have a pesticide guy. Get rid of them. All right, I got the UF. <laughs> I have one of those. Good. The UF IFIS. Uh, okay, here we go. Plants. They said bottle brush, yes. cigar flower, columbine, coral bean, like you said, coral honeysuckle. Ooh, that's oh, yeah, pretty. that's a good I one. I like using those in arrangements. They're pretty. Firebush, that's nice too. Firecracker plant. Um, yeah, there's a there's a bunch on the UF And how did you, site. yeah, UFS IFIS. UF IFIS. So UF IF. A-S. <laughs> and then that's how you go to, and then you can Lots find out, you know, put in hummingbird uh, flowers, and then that'll come up for you. Well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. All right. Good luck, right. Jim. Bye-bye. Now. Ooh, well, we got lots of calls. Following up Jim's question, we have Mandy again on the oh. line because she wants to follow to up if, the, butterf- yeah. the hummingbird. Yeah. Okay, Mandy, which ones do you use? <laughs> um, I use mostly Florida native Uh-huh. Plants. And I do everything naturally and organically, but um, they come regularly to my um, bottle brush, the um, powder puff, fire spike, firecracker, firebush. They come to, I have a Brazilian Restlaze salvia, which is a large one, and I also have um, an assorted colors in the uh, smaller salvias. I have a salmon, a baby pink. All the way from the reds uh, to the blues, um, just try and do everything naturally and organically. Make sure you do have clean uh, bird feeder, but um, not, I don't use the bird feeders that people put out for hummingbirds. But make sure that you have at least one um, bird bath that is very shallow. Yes, because they will not go if you've got a deeper. Uh, bird bath it's harder for them to get water out of so yeah. always make sure you have a shallow one or either put some good sized pebbles in there that they can grasp onto so they're not you know very good well thank you so much for your call back we really appreciate yes, that thank you Mandy. thank you and kelly you have an email from bubba now we do have to warn you about bubba he calls in every time he's I mean, a he character he's, we love him he says He's does very she, smart, too. He says does does she ever get requests for black flowers for breakups and divorces? <laughs> you know, I wish. I <laughs> love black flowers. Baba, um, we could hook you up. <laughs> yeah, I'm growing the black magic cosmos right now. I have black knights gabiosa. So this, yes, I saw please, that gabiosa. You know, I'm imagining gorgeous. if you have a wedding and it's black and white, there That's, you go. Right. Yeah. You know, classic. Yeah. So, Bubba, you don't have to get a divorce to get a black flower. <laughs> <laughs> Birthdays, so bar mitzvahs. If you just like black flowers, I want to people that just like them. I want to yeah. work in your carnivorous plant and do some oh, that's kind a great of idea. like you know revenge mm-hmm. bouquet, <laughs> man eater. Yeah. Woman so before yeah. before the show, we were talking about there's some carnivorous plants, pitcher saracena pitcher plants that are native to Florida, mm-hmm. and they are. Maybe in the 80s and 90s, they were popular in the cut flower industry. Yeah, they're beautiful. But, but they were being cut in the wild. Oh, that's So now bad. people have cultivated them for flower, for pictures that last longer because that's what you want in a floor book. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Great. And, yeah. and they can get up to over three feet long wow. tube. So that would be a beautiful so stunning. Very exotic. And yeah. next Monday, 
on the WMNF Sustainable Living Show, what? we will be talking about wetlands and carnivorous plants. Oh, that's right. It's Carnivorous Plant Day, isn't it? Yes. Oh, oh that's wow. exciting. And, you know, Kenny's all that. So this is yes. going to be a good show. But we have a professor from USF on joining us. Oh, very good. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. All right. So, Kelly, what else do we need to know about living day-to-day sustainable and, and the social impact of it yeah okay yeah, the social sure. impact of your uh, homegrown floral business yeah and, so and just the whole thing like that right you can't just compost and mm-hmm. and recycle and and bike you gotta like i said you gotta look out for your neighbors too so um i'm also donating uh leftover flowers so donated to all kinds of causes. I enjoy that so much. Um, we just raised about $550 for Mom's Demand, um, doing a little giveaway and yeah, donating flowers to um, assisted living facilities. Um, like I said, flowers connect us really like nothing else I've seen. Now, when I was teaching middle school in uh, Hyde Park, I contacted, I did not contact you, but I should have. Mm-hmm. I contacted other local florists for like after a wedding and we got, you know, hundreds of pretty much dying flowers, but then every kid was able to dissect it and then identify the male and the female parts of the flower. Oh, that's very smart. And then it's great because it's like, oh, well, this cardinal looks really messed up compared to this daisy reproductive parts, right? So then they could see, you know, evolutionary, yeah, why it's harder or easier to breed or hybridize flowers. So, yeah, you can always have a homeschool lesson before you compost those flowers. It's interesting because I, re- I remember the first time it just struck with me as a child that I'm seeing the bottom of the apple and I'm seeing all the stamens mm-hmm. and all the, the active parts mm-hmm. of the flower in that bottom part. And all of a sudden it just clicked. And, it, yeah, that's a, great, that's a great thing, Kenny. I wanted to also talk about uh, where your garden's located on the ancestral lands. Yeah, how did you find that out? Yeah, how'd that all work? Yeah, so I looked that up a few years ago when I started it um, just as part of the practice of finding out what native lands you are and Mm -hmm. naming that. Um, So that was an important part for me to practice to go through. So it says that you're on the ancestral lands of Tocobaga and Seminole people Mm -hmm. and... Uh, obviously, it's not just your property. It's mm-hmm. all that of whole area. Yeah, all of that area. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, we've also lost all that knowledge of, of where it was. Of and yeah, and yeah, the, and what kind of plants that they cultivated. You know, we're still have a very um, you know colonizer idea about what a cut flower is. Right, we're trying to grow things that are northern European, mm-hmm. and so you know we're struggling with that and I would love to be able to um, find out more about what the land was like That's interesting because that's really, you know, they used a lot of the plants for medicinal purposes Mm -hmm. and so on. So the wild plants that were there, uh, I'm sure they did propagate, you know, to help them grow better. I wonder how that could be done, you know, like finding the people that do know that. That would be an interesting show as well Mm -hmm. uh, to talk about the ancestral people and what they're growing and and what was done. And that's a great idea. I love that. Sustainability is defined by balancing people, profit, and planet. Mm -hmm. We got to like think about the triple bottom line. So, Kelly, when you look at Tampa, are we doing anything good sustainability-wise, or what are some areas of improvement you see? Because, I mean, you had a 
you kind of started that compost business because the city wasn't doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I do um, love how much is being done in terms of transport and bicycle lanes. We have so much to do. We're like the most unsafe place Very to bike unsafe. Yeah. in the U.S. or like yeah. top three or something like that. People aren't looking at, they're uh, looking at their phone in their car. Yeah. So I don't know, there's a lot of work to do, right? Um but I know that there's a lot of people that care um, and the you experts bike. are there. I do. Yeah, I have a cargo bike and I put my flowers in there. Once again, right, we got to put joy at the center of it or we're not going to do it. So I hope when you see me biking on the river walk <laughs> with my big bucket of flowers it's that so it makes adorable. you go, gosh, biking looks fun. I want to do that. <laughs> I want to carry from the flowers on that yeah. bike. Wear your helmets. Yes, that's true. Uh, I also wanted to talk about, We you mentioned this to me and I just love it so much because I know you're an actress and an artist and stuff and you want to bring back the singing telegram and I'm so on board with that. I think that is fantastic. I can just see you with that little hat, right? I wore my singing telegram outfit Is that your rainbow outfit? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I do want to bring back the singing telegram so you can order up for Mother's Day uh, your bouquet and it comes with a song. I love it so much. Where are you getting these singers from? Are you? I I am the singer. She's an actress. Well, I didn't know if you needed an a cappella group. Oh, or do oh, you have a group? <laughs> not uh, not okay. currently, but Greg is over here smiling. Maybe he can join you. He could do the bass He's line. Yeah, all right, all right. We need a beat. Yeah. So I come from a musical theater background, so it's been great having the floristry as a creative um, expression. But now I'm just like, yeah, I did a few. Will Mother's tele- Day be the first day or week so that you're offering? I've already done a few. Yeah, I had some for Valentine's Day. Oh. And yeah, so flowers and a song, and there's a big finish at the end. Oh, are th- are my these God, custom, a tap dance thing. Are these customized songs? They or can do- be. Yes. I just love it. Yes, so you can order it much. on my website. And uh, you oh, can yeah. request your- a song. Uh, my website is bluehousefloralstampa.com. Okay. It's just, I just can see it already. I've got to do that for some somebody uh, for their birthday or something like that. I just yeah. love it so much. You know, much. experiences over stuff, right? Absolutely. You know, that's important, uh, what you just said, because we all have enough stuff. We do. We're more than enough stuff, you know. And if you're going to pay something, at least have it as an experience for someone. Something that's going to bring them some light into their life for that moment. Because I can tell you, that would make me really happy. All right. Everyone knows what to get Annie now. That's right. Sing a telegram of flowers. No problem. Well, I'm thinking if you work in like a business suite with about 200 other people in cubicles. Oh, yeah. Right. And then you, if you're in the center cubicle, I'm you get a singing awesome. telegram. I love it so much. It's fantastic. Is there anything else that we think that we need to cover that we did not cover? Do you? Well, you what about, we got to get back to this design. So we're looking at okay. the flowers. Okay. <laughs> For those that are not artistic. Because I already know, that's right. If you're not artistic, how do you know when to stop fiddling, when to stop adding flowers, how to have a tall plant next to a short plant next to the... I understand the grid with all the foliage. That's a nice... The nest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's like a nice... Canvas yeah. to yes. work off of. Well, and also a grid for it to hold up, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, for you to stick so your Kelly, flowers in. So, how? Just yeah. give us like a couple tips about how to really stylistically or make co- it. 
or color. Yeah. You know, yeah. how, how do you create your palette? That's right. Yeah. Color can be really important. I recommend um, sticking with like one color. So like do your warm or do your warm colors, do your reds and oranges or, you know, stick with the purples and blues. That can be a That's nice the cool colors. Mm-hmm. Yep, your yeah. Cool colors and warm colors. Yes. Um, but I would say there's to- there's so many ways to arrange flowers. Um, so there really isn't one way. I would say just get in there and have fun and li- listen to your gut and what, what's making you happy. Yeah. Um, if that particular flower, you know, to me, like if you're walking around, you're seeing all these beautiful flowers, look at the flowers and see what in that flower makes you happy and make that the focus of what is in this arrangement. You know, mm-hmm. like I loved her sunflowers so much, but I also love the basil. So, you yeah. know, that is a combination it would just be stunning. Yeah. So I think of it like a puzzle for yeah. me for the garden style. It kind of all just fits together like a little Rubik's cube with those elements that I gave you. Mm-hmm. And I would also say if you have any kind of like visual arts background, that can help to thinking about like the rule of thirds, right? right. Um, looking at proportions, looking at balance, um, looking at contrast. Right. So, I mean, it's, an, it's a lifetime of exploration. And you could look at shapes. Like, is there a triangle shape you're going for, a round shape, or you want to have something that's hanging uh, with a high point in the middle? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's sculpture, really. It it is is. sculpture. And I would also say, like, just doing things en masse is an easy way to enjoy it. So just one stem, or the same kind of stem, you know, but just all together. We have a call. Yes, we do. We're almost out of time. Layla, we we got three minutes. What's your question, Layla? Hey, Layla. Layla, you there? Lala? Yes. Lala. Hi, Lala. Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, We're almost out of time, so what you got? Okay. I'm trying to get a compost thing going, and all I've been doing is saving my peeling from my um, cooking and stuff and keeping it in refrigerators. Right. How do I get that together to keep it together? You know, the coffee grounds and all that. I can't keep it in my refrigerator because I take up too much room in my refrigerator. No, How do you I do to start this thing? make your little uh, thing outside. Go ahead. Yeah, Kelly. so you're going to need some kind of carbon. You need some wood chips or something. Or leaves. Some leaves, yep. You can also drop off at, uh, you know, uh, some community gardens. Yes. And that could be a nice way. But if she wants to do it in her backyard, what structure is she putting the kitchen waste and scraps in? Yeah, so I recommend like a hardware cloth about three foot in diameter. You zip tie it together and make like a little cylinder. And then you're just going to be lasagna-ing it. Which means layering it. You just Mm -hmm. throw those cuttings in that you have and then put some brown stuff, some brown leaves on top of it. And just Uh keep doing that. Yep. And it's not a comp. Stir it up or anything or just keep layering? You do not need to stir it up. Just layer it. Yeah. I never, I'm lazy on mine. No, I don't turn don't it. Do I have two of them going. I have one that's I'm working on, one that's finishing, and then I just tip it over and use what's in there. That's, that's right. what I do. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So Thanks good luck. Thanks for calling. You thank got you. It. And uh, thank you, Kelly, for being our wonderful Thanks guest yes. today. This was so fun. So nice to see it's you. It really runs by really fast, mm-hmm. too. All if right. you enjoyed this show and our weekly content, please go to WMNF. Org, donating through the tip jar and directing your donation to the Sustainable Living Show. Stay tuned. In the next hour, you will hear WNMF's Tampa's Monday Music That's with That's easy for you to say. If you want to hear more public interest programming, switch over to WMNF's HD3 channel, The Source, and listen to today's Tom Hartman Show live. 
Make sure to tune in next Monday morning at 11 for the next Sustainable Living Show. We will be talking about wetlands and carnivorous plants just in time for World's Carnivorous Plant Day, which we all know is on May 3rd. All of us know that. (laughs) Follow our Facebook page, Sustainable Living, WMNF, to stay in the loop. And to listen to our past shows, just go to Listen On Demand on WMNF.org. I'm Kenny Coogan. And I am Annie Ellis. Remember, if you're looking for someone to save the world, look in the mirror. This is WMNF Tampa. Bye-bye. Here comes the sun